When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. some pro wrestling punditry because we are going to slam it into your ear holes today it is the end of our winkly week here the third and final show of the winkly week i am your managing editor of wrestling inc nick houseman i'm joined here as i am at the end of every winkly week by my good friend justin labar justin welcome back to the winkly let's wrap this week up <laughs> yeah no kidding right uh well we got uh, we got a lot of news to get to here from the last 24 hours to help wrap up the winkly week it's a word garble there. Man, slam banger right there. I've been saying slam banger a lot more. I think that's my new thing. What a slam banger. Love that word. Yeah, you tweet, you tweeted me slam banger yesterday. <laughs> I've been saying it. I've been just like walking around, snapping my fingers. I'm like, man, that is a slam banger right there of a word and a show that we do. Love it. Slam banger. Um, well, we got a slam banger here for you today. Like I said, a lot of news from the last 24 hours. We also have three more interviews we are overflowing with audio content right now here over at wrestling inc and we got even more lined up for next week but here today you're gonna first hear right after the news from the legendary four-time impact wrestling knockouts champion odb of course she's gonna be in new york as part of the impact wrestling tapings that start today go into tomorrow and uh, all of the money that is raised uh from ticket sales for these tv tapings they're gonna go to odb to help her get her food truck, the meet and greet, back rebuilt. Of course, it caught fire about two months ago. We chatted with her shortly after it happened. We're going to catch up with her about how that rebuild is going. And uh, we talk about a lot of other stuff. You know, she's with Impact this weekend. What does that mean? What is her future? You're going to get that all here today. Uh, also, right after ODB, you're going to hear from WWE Hall of Famer, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Our own Andy Malnowski caught up with him at 80s Wrestling Con. If you like this interview, go over to YouTube right after the show. You can go find a video version of this interview as well. And right after that, last but not least, we have our final pre-bound for glory L.A. media presser interview. Our own Brian Wool chatting with Impact Wrestling's Josh Matthews. Of course, this is kind of our last time capsule interview here. This was Josh just before Bound for Glory, just before the launch of Access TV. You're going to get to hear where his head was at right then. All right, there it is. ODB, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, Josh Matthews. Let's get to it here. News you can use. News to leave a bruise. We'll start here with some of the highlights coming out of AEW and NXT last night. And Justin, I got to start it off. Everybody is buzzing today about the promo that Cody Rhodes cut on AEW Dynamite last night. 
It was his go-home promo as he headed into his match uh, against Chris Jericho, as he heads into his match with Chris Jericho at AEW Full Gear, and he's announced that if he cannot beat Chris Jericho for this title, he's never going to vie for the AEW World Championship again. Justin, how did this one resonate with you? Awesome. I loved it. Uh, I, I actually tweeted last night uh, my my thoughts of how great I think it was and where I, how I think it's going to be one of those promos that for years back we're going to be able to you know define it. Like we'll be able to call it the Silver Spoon promo. And like you know, there's the Austin 316 promo. There's a Hard Times promo. There's Raw is Jericho. We you know, welcome to Raw is Jericho. I think it's that. I think I think for what it meant, the business it was selling. Um, it's it's the, it's the go home promo for the first you know pay per view since they've had TV. Um, and everybody has an opinion. I tweeted that last night. It's been, it's got over 750 likes. It's got, uh, more than 75 replies. And let me tell you more, more of the, more of the people that are taking the time to reply are people that think I'm out of this world crazy or that I'm an AEW ass kisser or whatever. But then there's, then, then there's people like the rock who retweeted and, 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 or, uh, tweeted to Cody and just talked about how it was an absolute mic drop and it was great. And so whatever your opinion is, that's the fun thing about wrestling. But I think this one, this just, this was well done. This was exactly uh, an art in how you cut a promo. I, I thought it was very, very good. I really liked it a lot. I don't know that I thought it was better than Moxley's promo from last week because I thought on a lot of levels that was a very complex promo as well. But regardless, very good promo. Set the stakes up high here. Man, AEW, they're the promo. They're the promo company. I don't even want to say show. If you want great promo work right now that's outside the box and isn't totally overscripted, man, AEW has really got that on lock right now. That's something that genuinely makes me want to watch the AEW product more than WWE most weeks because of because of how well I feel like the characters are doing connecting with the audience. Yeah, I mean, I will say AEW has a lot of match, match, match. They have a lot of matches, they're, uh, you know, but when they do have a promo – when they do have a video vignette like the Jericho one, yeah. when they when it's it's almost like it's when they do take a, a break from a match and they're gonna give you something of they they're knocking it out of the park, which is a, I mean it's not like they're rolling out three live promos every night and only one of them is really good and the other two are suspect or, or some video vignettes or duds. Right now, if they aren't giving you in ring action, which they give you a lot of in right. a two hour span, right. but if, if they're not giving you in ring action, you know you better pay attention and not switch the channel. Well, you brought up uh, Chris Jericho's hype video here. Yeah, a lot of buzz around the hype video as well. Of course, uh, we saw two very unique characters debut uh, in AEW via this uh, hype promo here. The first one, uh, Soul Train Jones, a living legend, uh, you may better known him, better know him as Virgil. Um, what a great man! Mm, chef's kiss. I popped. I literally, I literally sat up in my seat. I was like, "Oh my god, this is incredible!" Wonderful. Uh, we also got Patricia Bobsky, who was Chris Jericho's aunt's friend from church, who uh, who said what a nice boy Chris Jericho was. A period in the hype video. So. Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho going in heavy handed here, setting the stakes high. I'm never going to go for this title again. If I don't beat Jericho here, Chris Jericho, kind of a tongue in cheek, maybe not taking this as seriously as Chris Jericho, as, as Cody Rhodes is. Um, this is the go home here. How do you, I mean, does Cody Rhodes really lose to Jericho here and never get a title shot ever again? Yeah. You know, it seems like they booked him. You know, this is a, this is a, on, you think this is a booking yourself in the corner, you know, um, I don't think Jericho loses this title, uh, but I don't think AEW also wants to do some kind of screwy finish where it's like Cody wins by DQ, but doesn't get the title. Cause they, I think they want to stay away from DQs anyways. And that, that would, so, I mean, I think Cody loses and I, I whether or not they uphold that for however long he's around as a talent, I don't know, but that is a pretty bold 
stipulation to add to this match of right out the gate, you know, because I mean, let's let's be honest. And Cody acknowledged it in the promo, and then this, and, and it's a real thing. You know, there's there's always been the wonder of like, all right, Cody and these guys are management. You know, how often or regular will we see them in the title picture? Them with titles, you know. So this is kind of just just elephant in the room right out the gate. Either he becomes champion, or we never have to worry about seeing him. You know, I mean, I guess there's loopholes like a champion could challenge him down the road. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's wrestling. You can always find a way out of it, but this is pretty bold. But I, I know I don't think Jericho loses here in fact you know i i think jericho is going to hold this title i think he holds it until they get to what, whatever the whatever their wrestlemania is going to be whatever their kind of cap the year off is going to be i th- I could see jericho holding it all the way to that and then dropping to whoever they want to make you know their big baby face i i i don't want to put too many pieces of thread here together i did think it was interesting the stakes getting raised here to this level i mean i do wonder you know jericho he's going to write the new japan match was announced this past week it's not like i'm not sure AEW wasn't aware that was going to be happening but you know nick jackson made it clear on twitter that there's going to be no deal between AEW and new japan he didn't want people to get their hopes up about that right and then jericho caught all this heat for the trump jr interview he's putting out right now you know, he's also the sitting face of your company right now. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know. Maybe there is maybe there is a chance they move directions here and, and change it up with Cody on top. Well, I mean, of course there's a chance. I mean, and Cody's a red-hot baby face. So, I mean, I, you know, it's not like, you know, this is not like I give like an 80%, you know, to Jericho winning. I mean, no, this is a very, this is, this is as 50-50 and toss-up as it could be because of the stipulation and because Cody's red-hot um, and, and all those other factors that you yeah, you know, listed that may or may, may may or may not be relevant. Because like um, the, the Trump Jr. thing, I only bring it up because you know I don't. I think it would be different if he was just a heel and he wasn't the champion. But I think people, you know, there's been there's some people that are very very upset out there about the fact he gave him that platform. And I don't know if I I, I, I my first reaction was, and I do hope to ask Tony Khan this in the scrum was if they knew he was going to do this or if this got surprised on them. Right, that was the only real thing that I wondered about. Yeah, well, nonetheless, I mean, this is a coin flip. This is a true. This is a true. You got to tune in. You don't know who's going to win. Um, so I mean, and then that, and isn't that what we want, right? That's 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 what you want when you're booking a match. Okay. Uh, and last but not least, here coming out of AEW Dynamite, uh, we now know that Private Party is going to be uh, taking on Lucha Brothers and SCU in a triple threat in the first defense of the uh, AEW Tag Team Championships. Um, Private Party, by the way, defeated the Dark Order to earn this spot. And uh, I know that I saw your tweet about the Dark Order last night. Very funny. Um, I uh, I also am not uh, man. I don't want to like. I don't want to cast aspersions and be negative, but man, the Dark Order is just not resonated. I don't know what you do with these guys right now. I think people look at them as kind of like a joke, you know. Yes, it's a 1992 bad WCW gimmick. Uh, it's just, I mean. Whatever, it, yeah, it it just doesn't sit with me. I I don't I don't <laughs> I don't get it. I don't even know if they get it. I don't even know if they know what it is. Um, you know, you 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 referred to my 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 tweet. Thank you very much. I guess for those who aren't following me and aren't in the know, who should be following me, you know, I'll just reiterate it. It's it, like the, 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 the so the mask guy. What's his name? Uno is that his name? Uno. Yes, uh, Uno. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just look at him. I'm like, what is going on? All I think is like, you know, Golga from the Oddities and then the Adagera, like Golga and Sharkboy raised a child, but but Kevin Sullivan was the sperm donor of that child and they raised him inside of the Dungeon of Doom. That's what this Uno 
character looks like to me. That's what I think of, and I, I just don't get it. I, I don't get the whole thing. I also think there's something to the idea that AEW it is doing a really good job with the characters that are working, or of kind of taking their actual personalities and heightening them to ten. Right? These people all feel like real people. The only people on the entire roster that feel kind of like cartoons are the Dark Order, right? And I wonder if that's kind of like a subliminal rejection from the audience here where they're like, you're not like everything else, so I don't know if I like you, you know? Which, which you know, when you have a uh, when you have a roster full of what you just said, you know, kind of uh, kind of like the WCW Eric Bischoff model of using the real names and, and, and not being as cartoonish, you would think that if you do have something cartoonish that maybe it could stand out and that could work on their benefit, but uh, this is not that answer to that. <laughs> this, is just, uh, this is just, again, like cheesy you know b- bad bad gimmick you know just makes me think of, like i said 1992 wcw and kevin nash dressed up as oz maybe that's, or, um, maybe that's it man maybe you go get sullivan and you just make him the dungeon to doom right like that'd be awesome yeah. i think i think that would be very interesting um so anyway we'll launch over here to nxt by the way last night was the first time i tried to watch both shows simultaneously because raj had to do an interview and uh, we needed somebody last second to do social, and I volunteered to do it. It's really hard to pay attention to both these shows at the same time. Very, very difficult. But anyway, yeah, dude, I do it every I do it every single week, so I can then talk about all this minutes afterwards with 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 Matt Morgan and Glenn. I mean, it is it is a it is a workout. To, I mean, you can't even you can't even step away and go to the bathroom. <laughs> no, you can't, except for like five minutes before the before the top of the hour. They were both a commercial there for a moment. But man, yeah, I was like. Liz came in and tried to ask me about dinner at one point. I was like, I can't even think. I don't know what's going on. I've got too much water, but I'm right. taking too much in. So anyway, OC started off at XT last night. They attacked the Undisputed Era about 10 minutes before the show started and uh, led to the main event uh, with them and Ciampa and Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. Um, I thought that this was different. Uh, it was good. I kind of like the idea of WWE talent coming down there. I like the tease with Finn Balor at the end, where it's, you know, whose side is he really on? Everybody seems to want Finn Balor. He's teasing it for everybody. Um, it still feels a little inside the WWE model to me. This didn't feel like unscripted and chaotic and what can happen in a given moment. But I did think it was cool to see those guys in that space. I think NXT won the opening round. I think they're open. I think their open uh, was better than 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 AEW's. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, obviously it's, you know, Gallows and Anderson and and Styles aren't. You know, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have as rogue of a feeling, I guess, um, as maybe you know even. It doesn't have as rogue of a feeling, but still, I thought this was smart because you remember, Styles, Gallows, and Anderson, they're the three that you know as as WWE was scooping up all this different talent. You know, whether it's you know Samoa Joe, Nakamura, all this talent that they were getting from other places. Um, that were you know quote unquote stars elsewhere, and they let come in and keep their name, keep their gimmick. Styles was Styles did not go to NXT. He got to go straight to to the Royal Rumble and and Raw and SmackDown and, and Gallows and Anderson. They they came they, and they bypassed NXT. So, um, you know, the, the, which was a rarity at the time when they came in you know several years ago. So, you know, the NXT crowd hadn't got to see them in full sale yet. They hadn't got to see them with the potential matchups of of the, of the NXT talent. So I thought this was smart to have these three guys in particular be there because these three guys, it's fresh seeing them there. And these three guys are, you know, the type of guys that you, know, you figure, okay, this could help This could sway an AEW audience over to see these guys. Uh, well, also last night, uh, Mia, yeah, man, the women were on full display again uh, last night. The women, they do a way better job. I feel like of showcasing the women on NXT right now than, than over on AEW. I mean, there's just a lot more action and story storylines driven towards the women over on NXT right now. 
Mia Yim, she can't right? I mean, that's just I I don't think yeah. that's a I don't think that's even an argument, right? Like NXT is doing a way better job presenting the women, right? And I think and I think NXT know I think you know Triple H knows that and so he's capitalized on that. That that that, that that's a weapon he has to to, uh, to fight against. And I mean, yeah, I mean the the I, I just don't, you know, I mean, obviously, obviously I have a special interest and are familiar with Brit, you know, I'm, you know, she's done, you know, Kong's interesting to me, the Brandy Kong stuff's interesting, but yeah, like a lot of these women that they're rolling out on AEW, I just don't know anything about them or I don't care. They haven't given me a reason to care. And what was baffling is that, that women's match, the, the, the tag team women's match at AEW rolled out, they rolled it out at the turn of the second hour, you know, which is, you know, the third most important spot in the show, you have your, your beginning, your main event. And then you, then when you switch that hour, you want to uh, be deliver mm. something that's going to, well, women, you know, catch I, viewers. I, I, I don't know, man, women, women do draw when people are flipping channels around at that time. I always remember in, in TNA, how the women's segments were doing so much better than the men. There was that argument about why the men were making more money, but that's a whole different thing. Uh, but no, I, I, I get the, I get the move. I understand why they put it there. I get it. I, again, one thing, if you're putting, a uh, woman. Well, I don't know. I did. I just felt like it was just four. I felt like it was just, just this is really random. I don't know. Just odd placement to me. That's how I took it. But I actually liked. I liked the women's match, but it, there's nothing to it, right? I was like, okay, in a bottle, this was fine. I thought it was a very fun women's match, but I didn't. I don't know any more about these women. I don't know why they want to fight any more than when they came in as as when they left. If that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And that's my that's my argument about why you put it at the turn of the hour. So, you know, you're 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 a wrestling pundit who who has a lot of context in most of the stuff. If you're average Joe Schmo just flicking through, you don't like who who is this? Who are these? Well, what, what do I care? Yeah, but that's the thing is like, you know, I don't know, like the, the, the action is catching right a pro. I'm, I'm sure Cody's promo is captivating as well. But I, I get it. Like the, the numbers were there when the in the TNA days. Uh, a couple years back, I think even now, like if you look at a lot of numbers, like the women's matches always do surprisingly well on shows. So I got it at that part. That didn't bug me so much. What does bug me is the storyline stuff. Like you got Mia, Mia Yim coming out here with a kendo stick, beating everybody up, joining team Rhea Ripley. There's so much emotion here going on, so much physicality. Next week, you're going to get Io Shirai versus Mia Yim. They're going to be a ladder match to determine who's going to have the advantage in war games. I mean, tough, physical, compelling stuff. From the women here, and Mia Yim, man, I always liked Mia on the Indies. Thought she was great. Saw her do a lot of awesome work around uh, the Midwest. She's taking it to whole. She's she's so captivating on t- her and Rhea Ripley together. Love that combo. Those are two eye catchers right there on on my TV. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Mia Yim. I'm, I'm a real big fan of her. Yeah, uh, and we also, of course, have the men's war games now. That's been made official. Undisputed Era is going to take on uh, Team Champa. That's going to have Keith Lee and Matt Riddle, who came out at the end there uh, to, to help him get his back against uh, the OC. And they're going to have a mystery partner. Why do I feel like the mystery partner is going to be Finn Balor? Because he seems to have said no to Undisputed Era and, and Bullet Club. Is he going to double down and become Team NXT? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Good question. I mean, hey, it's... Uh, it wouldn't make much sense to already a... attack Ciampa. I don't know. Like, I, I would like the, who's the mystery partner then? I don't know. Maybe it's CM Punk. Great. You know what? Good. <laughs> Good. I think they'll be in Chicago, right? That's what I'm saying. Oh. <laughs> and I kept, I mean, look, between this and Survivor Series, uh, I think CM Punk's best best bet would be if he was Team NXT against Raw and SmackDown, if he was a surprise <laughs> guy there. I mean, that's, again, I keep saying he best fits on NXT and Wednesdays in the, in the battle against AEW. They're in Chicago. What a, what a way to bring him in that he's Team NXT. Screw you, Vince McMahon, and your Raw and SmackDown. I, I, just, just, just booking myself here. Uh. Uh, yeah, man. 
That's a thinker right there. Anyway, I got to process that. That's a good one. I hadn't really thought about that. Fit doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't make any sense. Punk. Mm. Take a sip of coffee. That one really, that's a thinker. Mm. Well, also, we got a lot of news coming out of NXT. Leo Rush, he's going to take on Angel Garza next week for the Cruiserweight Championship. Garza defeated Tony Nese uh, to, to earn this opportunity. Great match. I think Tony Nese is another guy from 205 Live who will find new life here down in, in, in NXT. Uh, and last but not least, uh, Teddy Hart was in attendance. He was in attendance, did not appear in the show, but it was noted by many who took photos of him in the crowd at Full Sail that he was with his Persian cat who was sitting with him in the crowd. What an eccentric, wonderful human being Teddy Hart is. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing else. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get over to some uh, very surprising viewership news out of Showbuzz Daily. Uh, the official... WWE backstage premiere on FS1 this past Tuesday night at 11 p.m. Eastern drew just 49,000 viewers. Viewership wasn't released because the show didn't make the top 150 cable list. Showbuzz Daily released an update, noted that backstage also drew a .02 cable rating in the 18 to 49 demo. The first WWE backstage promo or first WWE backstage preview show that aired on October 15th and followed a Major League Baseball playoff game drew 597,000 viewers. And that was number 25 for the cable top 150 for the night. Then the second preview show on FS1, that was on October 25th. It was after an episode of SmackDown. It drew 426,000 viewers. This one did 49,000 viewers, a tenth of what the second preview show did. What do you attribute this to? Uh, the time it's on. Um, like, like I said yesterday, and I told you some all, more off the air. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> it I, I think you look at it, it; it's airing on a Tuesday night at 11 p.m. on FS1. There, there's, it's just, it's just on, an, it's on an, on an obscure island of a time. You know, the other, yeah, the. It, I think they're going to find it's probably going to have to be. <clears throat> it's either you know, I mean, they give it a few more weeks. Let's see if it, if it, let's see if it, people catch on to it and it grows up. But um, you think that it's you think that it has to go up. I mean, there's not much further down you can go. Um, but but it might end up leading to where it's like this is going to have to be something that airs live after SmackDown or what have you or or, or airs before SmackDown or what you know it's, it's almost like because it's just random Tuesday at eleven o'clock at night. I mean, but and, and again, I also wonder too. Um, you know, I said this yesterday on the show. This was the first time in in earnest a obviously it's a Fox show, but obviously it's WWE you know approved. Um, it's got WWE talent on it. This is the first time in earnest a, a, a WWE show um, sponsored by them has been completely break kayfabe. There was, there, you know, they were not, you know, doing the pre-show panel talk where you where you got to stay within the bounds of, of the stories. You know, they, they were talking about booking. They were talking about, you know, they, you know, they, they they were talking as if you and I talk. You know, and yeah. so I think. I think maybe on paper fans didn't really give it much attention because you just figure it's going to be kind of like a like just another pre-show kind of conversation. But I think if it starts to catch on and clips start to circulate over a period of time that this is actually you can hear Christian talk, you know, uh, about this the way you might you know you wouldn't otherwise hear. I, I think this will catch on, but I think it, it's going to have to be considered about where this. I mean, eleven o'clock on Tuesday. That's just a rough. Yeah, I mean, it was an hour. It's an hour after SmackDown. You got an hour there. We're gonna wait around to watch more wrestling. I I agree. The time slot is weird. I I I don't know that you could do it. Well, it's on a a Tuesday. There's no wrestling on Tuesday. There's nothing. Oh, that's right. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh my god, I keep thinking SmackDown. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's a night where it's oh my god now and so much wrestling. So much. Yeah, now and this and now for a wrestling fan, 
you know, we have Monday nights. We know we have to watch Raw. You have Wednesday nights, which is just crazy. And then you have Friday with SmackDown. Tuesdays become one of those nights where you just kind of uh, say, all right, yeah. I don't need to think about, I don't need to think about wrestling tonight. I would, I would capitalize on the Wednesday night momentum. I mean, again, it's like, you know, what, I'm sure they have so many commitments and, you know, uh, this was just the right spot at this moment. But yeah, I mean, you know, Wednesday nights right after AEW NXT, or is that, you know, right after, uh, Right after that, whatever you overrun is, you could do start there, do it a little shorter. I don't know. Well, the problem, the pro- the problem is for that to work, you need, you'd have to have NXT promoting the shows coming on afterwards, and that's a and NXT is a USA thing. I don't know if USA is going to be want to waste time to say, hey, jump over to FS1. So you, well, it has to be well, linked what? up to SmackDown essentially on Friday night. Friday, dude, Friday nights at like 10 p.m. That still doesn't sound. No, it would be. Yeah, it'd be 10 p.m. That still is not like Friday. That's not a great time slot, you know? Right. I, so, yeah, I don't know what the answer is, but I, I think long term, if this doesn't get, you know, I'm not sure what the, I'm not sure what the, like, I'm not sure if it's like if they have to get a half a million for them to be, like, I don't know what the expectation and what the satisfying number is, but uh, if they don't hit it, you know, in the next couple months, they're going to have to just consider moving it to a different time. I, I, I hope they don't scrap the whole thing as a whole. Like I said, I think it's got a ton of potential. And that was just one week of seeing, you know, it in that. Since format, but uh, yeah, I attribute this solely to Tuesday night when there's no just random at 11 p.m. Well, uh, moving along here, it looks like Kane Velasquez has been pulled from his planned second match for WWE. Uh, WWE Mexico announced a new card for the Super Show this week, and Kane is no longer listed for a match. Now, this hasn't been confirmed, but Kane's knee could be the reason for the change in Mexico City. It was reported after Crown Jewel that the idea was always to do a short match with Kane and Lesnar. But they went with the short and uneventful match that we saw because Kane's knee is in such bad shape. It was reported on November 1st that the belief uh, was Kane needed surgery, but there's no word yet on when he would have it. It was reported back before the former UFC heavyweight champion signed with WWE that he would likely undergo the surgery before making any commitment to a pro wrestling company as he was in talks with WWE, AEW, and New Japan. Kane has signed a three-year contract with WWE, which is said to be very lucrative, but his future as a regular WWE talent remains up in the air. Um, I'm I'm super. I'm just like really excited about Kane and Brock and the fact it didn't quite manifest the way it should. I mean, if he needs to go get surgery and get better before he can come back and give this thing a real go, that's great. But I think it's also a sign of times here how desperately WWE did not want this guy going to another company, even if he is damaged goods coming in. That's I mean that's a re- that's a real sign of the times I think. Uh, no, you're right. That's a great point. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'll be real curious to see. Like, like, you know, ask me, ask me on November seventh, twenty twenty. Let's see where we're at a year from now. Like, I, because right now this is and this is super early on, super early on. I recognize that it's super early in a three year commitment. But like right now, this kind of smells to me like this is gonna be like one of those. And I can't. I'm trying to think if I can find a comparison. Like a whole lot of touting of somebody they sign and it like and, and you barely got anything out of them. Like I think about like. Um, I don't know, like the, like the original Sin Car things never ever just took off. You know whether it was injury, whether it was suspension, like you know. But they made a big deal. You know that was one of their first big international signings as they started moving into the, the, the you know moving in. You know this was before NXT and everything. Well, Hideo Hide- 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 Tommy, Hideo Tommy got injured right after he got Hide- signed too. Hideo Tommy, yeah, big a big you know that never really materialized. He couldn't stay healthy. You know even going way back, this is this might be a grab for some people that some some of our younger viewers back in the nineties in the late nineties mid to late nineties. Um, WWE touted, you know, th- this Tiger Ali Singh that he was going to be a big deal, um, and like nothing materialized there. And there was a lot of factors of why. It's, it's like I, I, we've seen this before, where they'll make a big deal of getting somebody and this, why this person is important, um, and it just never pans out 
because of a, of a litany of, of issues, whether it's, again, injuries, suspensions, political problems within the system. Uh, right now, so far, there's, you know, as random as it was, and like you said, damaged goods coming in, let's keep them from going anywhere else. Hype this match between him and Brock. It's, it's, it's barely anything. Um, it was like a, a, a dry, it was like a, it was like a, a a light walkthrough of what a UFC fight would be. It was just, yeah, I don't know. I, I, this doesn't smell great off the bat, but let's let him get surgery, let him rehab and get healthy. Yeah. And maybe a year from now, I'm completely wrong, and this is, you know, this has turned out to be a good investment. We'll see. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, after the bell, uh, the new podcast from Corey Graves. I think this was episode two. He took some time to address all of the controversy around the Saudi Arabia flight, uh, in particular the Saudi twenty that I think paid for their own charter flight left Saudi early it could have been paid for by WBA. I'm not sure here we're going to get to what he said and we can kind of deconstruct it I'm only going to give an excerpt here there's a lot more that he said Justin I don't know did you read many of the quotes or listen to Corey's uh, comments about this this plane ride I did okay I did. great okay then we can have a much larger conversation about what all was said but I thought this was the meatiest part of his comments here he said they deplaned everybody and then at some point people from management came around and said Hey, if we can get a group of you guys to SmackDown, would you be willing to do it? This is where it comes down to being a professional. We wanted to do it. And and well, I guess I'll put a button in that. So when he says we want to do it, does that mean they could get the plane, but you all would be responsible for paying for it? Or we've got a plane, and would 20 of you get on it, uh, and it's already paid for? That's, that's confusing to me. I, I've interpreted this whole thing that it was – we can get a plane, but yeah, you guys are gonna have to fund this. And, and I, I, based upon a, based upon the way he said it, and B, because, and I think as as we'll as we'll mention here, the superstars who did not get on this, the superstars who are not part of the twenty, the ones who did go on social and talked about, you know, and they made little jabs at like, uh, you know, I guess I'm poor, or I guess I, I I guess I need to pay for a plane next. Like they all made comments that insinuated that you know that they that that. That they, that this was paid for by the super, paid for by the the twenty superstars, and they put their money together in a pot and paid for this. That's how I've understood this. So it comes out of being a professional, and by being a professional, it means being willing to pay out of pocket to do your job. That seems like some shenanigans to me, Justin. Well, no, the context of what Corey's saying is, <laughs> you know, he was saying that him and some of the other people that were advertised to be at SmackDown, they didn't want to miss a show. That, that you know, this that's a whole, that's an old fashioned wrestling principle. You don't, you know, if you're booked for a show, you make the shot. Um, but you know, bad weather, whatever. The, but you, that should fall on the promoter then, who promoted you to make sure that you right. get there, not on uh, but, you but, but, to get there. Well, but they, but, but they're still taking pride, figuring, okay, who, who are the, who's the most needed uh, to be there, and they, and they had the pride to it, and they, they were willing to, to, to put their money together. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's right, but it's just that's what their mindset was. Wait, no, well, okay, great. Well, I don't think that's right by any stretch. I think that the fact that the, I can see why there would be some uh, upsetness uh, with the roster here. If uh, the company is saying to you, you know, we don't feel it's necessary to get you there. You can stay in Saudi if you like. And you say, well, no, we feel it's necessary for us to be there and fulfill our commitment. So we're going to buy our own flight. Right. I think I got that right. Right. Yeah. I mean, but again, it's it's it's, it's, it's these these 20 weren't forced. They were they, they, they chose to do this. OK. All right. So Corey says back to get back to what Corey says. So. We've been given the nickname or the reported hashtag, quote unquote, the Saudi 20, depending on who you ask. It was the 20 most, uh, depending on who you ask, it was the 20 most important people in the company. That wasn't the case. What it boiled down to was the people who were advertised for Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, your King Corbin, 
Roman Reigns, Revival, New Day. Guys that had advertised matches who did not want to let anyone down, including ourselves. And then we'll do a cut here. And he goes, I remember talking to Roman on the plane. Roman has not missed TV for any reason beyond illness or scheduled reasons. We all take a lot of pride in what we do. So when we say, hey, this show is going down, that's what we do. It had nothing to do with who was more important or who had the most cachet. There are a lot more important people than myself and Michael Cole and Sweaty the Camera Guy that made it onto our charter. But the fact is, it was decided who okay, – now, here's the cut. But it was decided – but the fact is, it was decided who was essential to make Friday Night SmackDown as close to whole as possible, and the efforts were made. Obviously, it didn't work out, but that was the effort. This is so confusing to me because, again, at the end here, it does feel like he's trying to say WWE did say, here are 20 people that we are deciding are essential. We need you at SmackDown but you're going to pay. That's so confusing to me. No, I don't think WWE said that. I think this is, I think this is, I think this is amongst themselves. I'm saying, okay, who's our announced team? Michael Cole and Corey. Okay. So you two, you can hop. Are you willing to hop on? Yeah, we'll pay. We want to get there and call the show. Okay. Hey, Roman, you're obviously a marquee guy that you, you want to pay and help get out with it. Yeah, sure. Like, it's not like they wouldn't have been like reimbursed necessarily after the fact, you know, Vince is already in the air going, he's already out of there. They're, this is everybody's kind of, you know, making decisions for themselves. I mean, you know, they're saying, "Hey, let's just get over. Let's get and do our show, and then we can settle up later with with the boss." I mean, I, I don't, I don't see what's so confusing about this. They okay. they were trying just to figure out who 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 are the people that would normally be on SmackDown, and if you're willing to just help open your wallet just to get us out of here, if, if you're willing to get some cab fare essentially for a plane, and then we'll settle up once we get back home to the states. That, that's that's how I look at this. I don't know. Okay, so there, but you do think that there was a list then that they went down and they, you know, or maybe not even a list. I don't want to say a written list, but there was somebody there that was deciding. Yeah, yeah, and, to it's, and it's not, it's not, and it's not, ba- and it, yeah, and it's not based upon like because he he even says uh, I don't know if we're going to cover the quote. Corey even says at one point like you know Randy Orton was chilled, relaxed, and Randy Orton wasn't on this charter, and obviously Randy Orton is is is, is obviously you know top the top there, you know, but Randy wasn't. Um, you know, I, you know, I guess he wasn't uh, necessarily an advertised centerpiece for this particular SmackDown. So they're just going through saying, okay, let's get our announce team. Uh, let's get one of our primary camera people. Let's get Roman, who's advertised to have this going. You know, I think they're just going through of like, who's advertised that we can make sure we check off so we don't have to issue refunds or try to avoid that. And then, hey, are you willing to, you know, throw some cab fare in the pot to get over there? And then again, you know, we'll get, get over there and we'll just get home safe and we'll, and we'll deal with reimbursements later. All right. Well, I guess that's what you got to do in the moment, I suppose. But it does seem like a lot of people very unhappy with the the way that this was handled here, even though I now kind of understand, I guess, what may have been the model that went into put into place here. You know, Corey, he touched on a lot of different things, too. He touched on the fact that, you know, he didn't don't buy into the conspiracy theory stuff. He said that that wasn't the case. He also noted how Vince did leave before, but that's what Vince always does. He's always the first one out so he can get to the next show first to run things per usual. That's why he has his own private jet. So Corey did his best here to do the dance and, and try to make this all sound right. So a lot, a lot of interesting stuff here from Corey Graves, I thought. Regard- I, I'm, I'm very surprised that he is as open as he is on this After the Bell podcast about all this. Well, I think he just offers perspective. He offers perspective that nobody else is offering. Right now, the perspective we're hearing otherwise is we're hearing, you know, perspective and rumors from, you know, a former Spanish announcer and Hugo Zinovich, you know, who's fueling conspiracy saying that he's hearing all this stuff. Then you get the perspective from the guys who are frustrated or scared or tired or all of the above that are going on their social media is, you know, not happy. So you get that perspective. So all there's all the perspective you're getting is conspiracy. Something's up wrong, being treated like crap. Corey is providing a different perspective. He's providing this perspective of 
hey, there's it's not unusual that Vince was already out of here. He always he always does that. It's just unfortunate he was out of here and he and and then this plane ended up having problems. And hey, it wasn't a list of you're more important than me. It's just who can try to get back for what's advertised. You know, I mean, he just provided a, just a good different perspective. All right, D- worth a listen. Go check it out. I'm, you know, this is it's crazy to me. This story is really not going to go because we're going to continue to get these perspectives, aren't we? I feel like we're going to get maybe one or two a week for the next like month at least of different people. Yeah, who decide yeah, to I mean, it's gonna, the record. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's going to go. It, it is it is the new. It's it's a different kind, but it's a new it's a it's a new a new chapter in the plane ride from hell type yeah, of stuff. Because we got a, we got AJ Styles this week, we got Natalia, now we got Corey Graves. I wonder who the next few will, will be to come out here. So anyway, this this will this will be a topic that ten years from now will still be asked about in shoot interviews to those who are involved in it now. Like whenever those that are that were involved in this plane situation are not with WWE anymore and are free to talk more openly on podcasts and shoot interviews this will for this again just like the plane ride from hell for years just like the montreal screwjob this will forever be one of those talking points of hey tell us your version of what happened in saudi arabia are you writing high spots right now are you emailing them in the background right now you're like guys i have a series in mind i kind of i have an idea <laughs> shoot series in mind uh all right uh moving on uh, somebody who was uh, at uh, saudi who was in saudi arabia crown jewel tyson fury uh, he re- he's going to return to WWE TV on SmackDown this Friday night. Uh, the Gypsy King is slated to appear uh, when SmackDown broadcasts from the lineal heavyweight champion's hometown of Manchester, England. Uh, so uh, Fury will be in the building. Braun shouldn't be far behind. They have a lot of unfinished business. Are we headed for another epic uh, collu- epic collision? Um, I think uh, I think that we are. And I, what we're going to carry this over to Survivor Series? I'm guessing then between these two. I don't know. Are we, or is this just a one? Is this just an, a one-off? Just because they're in his town? Yeah, I mean, okay. So wait, is also is SmackDown going to be pre-taped this week? That's my other question too. Yeah, is uh, is 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 this going to be Fox not getting SmackDown live? Uh, that, that was that was the other thing. I mean, I, I the only way it can go live. I mean, well, yeah, it has to be because for it to be live here at eight p.m. Eastern time, that's after midnight over there. So yeah, this, it would have, you know. Yeah, this will be a pre-taped Fox episode for sure. Yeah. 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 Oh man, bounce back this week by 186. percent I think if it's a pre-tape, unfortunately, traditionally there's always been a little dip there. Um, and last but not least, here WWE NXT analyst Pat McAfee has been announced as one of the members of the XFL commentator teams when the season re-debuts in February. Uh, the former kicker for the Colts will serve as a field analyst along with play-by-play voice Tom Hart and analyst Joey. Uh, Galloway for the weekly Sunday games on ESPN and ABC, beginning with the St. Louis Battlehawks versus Dallas Renegades on February 9th at 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Man, they I, I didn't realize it was like that. It was like, man, they're going to have the Super Bowl, and then the next week, boom, XFL in your face here. Man, I love McAfee on Monday night or on, on Friday night. I thought he was great. Uh, good addition here. Happy for Pat. Uh, this will be fun. Yeah. Yeah, Pat's a great guy. He's a Pittsburgh guy from here. He's uh, he's just a ball of energy, a ball of charisma. I mean, he you, you give him a live mic and let him go, he can go. So this is this is good use of him. And obviously, again, he has football credibility, so it makes sense. Um, yeah, and to your point about yeah, so the Super Bowl it happens, and then yeah, a week later it's XFL. The there's actually going to be a period of time between between like mid February uh, through the first week of April between the XFL appearing on the major networks that they're going to be appearing on. And then the, there's going to be some specials that are going to be airing, you know, on Fox and USA as well because of raw and SmackDown. And then, and then, and then WrestleMania WWE is going to be plastering the mainstream, um, 
in, in that six-week period of mid-February through the first week of April. It, it, it's, it's actually going to be quite impressive to see. My guest at this time is a four-time Impact Wrestling Knockouts champion. Impact Wrestling is going to be donating 100% of the ticket proceeds to their upcoming tapings on November 7th and 8th at the Melrose Ballroom in New York City to help ODB get her meet-and-greet food truck up and running again. Bam! Of course, it is ODB. ODB, thank you for coming back to the Winkley. What's going on? That was a nice fan. I hope you touched yourself when you said that. I, you know, um, I don't want to give the listeners too much of a visual image, but uh, I was. I was definitely doing that. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, you know, ODB, we, we talked about a month or so ago. Right when, right after your food truck had burned, yeah. and, and the the, I think I was actually the person that texted you and was like, "We're going to drop this interview tomorrow. You might want to make your link live to your uh, GoFundMe yeah. over here." <laughs> I like it. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so what? So so fill me in here. It's been about a month since this this rebuild. The uh, the GoFundMe's been going on. How has the efforts been going? It's going good. I mean, it's uh, something different for me. I know I've never, I didn't ask for this, you know, and that's the part that was, I, at first when DDP called me about it, I was like, eh, I'm not a big fan of this, you know, thingy, but he said, nope. He's like, we're going to do this. You're going to get back. And I was like, all right, I like this. I like this. But it's going good. It gives, you know, people an opportunity, obviously, to help me get a new meet and greet out there sooner than later. And then it gives people, too, to, you know, get stuff from me, you know, my socks or the t shirt, you know, in ring uh worn outfits and yeah, you know, phone calls from me, a video. So it's kinda it works on both ends. So it's um I'm excited for, you know, getting my new meet and greet out there. It's gonna be all about the wrestlers and the fans, this one. So it's gonna be more of a special one. I'm gonna it's gonna be an awesome new journey coming up. That's awesome. And so talk to me about how Impact Wrestling and you hooked up here for them to be donating all these ticket proceeds to you, uh help you get up back up and running with the meet and greet truck. Yeah, what the heck? That was awesome. I mean, it was, uh, well, first, you know, Tommy Dreamer reached out to me and said he wanted to talk to me about something. And, you know, Scott Demore reached out, and then Josh Matthews reached out, and uh, they're telling me what they wanted to do. And I was like, what? I'm like, you're kidding me, right? I was, I knew I was loved by TNA, but I was like, damn. I'm like, this is pretty badass of them to do this, you know? And it's, uh, TNA's always been my home. You know, and it always will be. And the doors have always, you know, been open for me and stuff. And it's uh, it's pretty damn cool that they're doing this. And I'm excited to uh, come back home and to and definitely New York City. I haven't been there in a long time. Yeah, you know, you talked about how has that, how has your relationship been with Impact over the past couple of years? Have you stayed in contact? Or it sounds like this kind of caught you out, uh, off guard that the company reached out to you yeah. like this. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always been good. You know, we never. You know, yeah, we had our ups and downs, you know, when I was there and stuff, but they've always been good to me. They let me do my own thing. They let me be ODB, which was awesome. <laughs> you know, and they've always been good to me. And then when, uh, yeah, I was just, I was, yeah, I was very surprised, you know, but, uh, you know, now that, you know, I'm getting older and, you know, I have new adventures, you know, with the food truck and stuff, and my journey was just taking me away from wrestling for a little bit. But then, uh, but they, you know, they, and they've contacted me before just to do a little, you know, one off a little bit here and there to help the younger talent out, and so it's kind of cool that they still keep me in mind, you know, for stuff, you know, and I can, I can still go in the ring. My outfit still fits, so you know. 
You never know what can happen in New York City. Well, and, and you know, ODB, you're such an iconic part of the Knockouts division, I feel like. You know, you were there when it was such a hot division. You held the title four times. Mm-hmm. You know, does this open the door now with them bringing you into to maybe returning to the Knockouts division? I know. That's kind of like the scary part. In a good way. Good scary. But it's kind of like, oh, shit, could this be another run for me? Could this be, you know, it can kind of turn into something that's crazy how, like, something, you know, bad things happen to make, you know, better things come around again. And it's, uh, yeah, so I'm kind of, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm open for anything, you know, uh, whatever we can do to, you know, to keep going. And it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I can still go. So bring on, bring on, bring on the knockout. (laughs) Okay. All right, cool. So follow up question. Are you anticipating getting in the ring, uh, this weekend as part of the New York tape means? Well, I always bring my gear. Every wrestler should always bring their gear. You know, you never, never leave that behind. So um, I will have my gear with me, but I also can kick ass in my jeans too. <laughs> so, but better watch out. You never know what I'm up to. Okay. So, all right, cool. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the knockouts <laughs> division right now. You know, uh, I'll start with that. I wanted to ask you about the current knockouts champion, Taya Valkyrie. You know, I didn't know if you had any mm-hmm. opinions on her or, or what you thought of her as the current knockouts champion. We've never met, so I'm very excited actually to meet her, first of all. Oh, and cool. I like her. I like her style. It kind of reminds me of me. I like her style. She's different, and, uh, you know, she's a bigger girl. And, uh, yeah, she's uh, she's going to she's gonna do quite good. I hope she hangs on to that title for a while, unless someone like me could take it away from her. But uh, I think uh, I would love to actually get in the ring with her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think a lot that, would, of fans... that would be a good fight. I yeah. think that would be a good one. I think a lot of fans would enjoy that, you know, and, you know, like I said, she's the current knockouts champion, your former knockouts champion. You know, what do you think about the term knockout? You know, there's so much more intergender wrestling happening right now in Impact Wrestling. Do you feel a need for a knockouts division? Oh, gosh, yeah. You definitely need to showcase the women, especially nowadays with every company showcasing more of the girls. And uh, it's a good time to be a woman wrestler right now, for sure. And I think, um, yeah, they definitely need to focus a lot more on the women's division, but then it's also cool. Like Aceta is going off and doing her own thing, and that's a that's a strong hit. That's a, yeah, <laughs> you know, she has a she has a lot of balls of what she's doing. So I yeah, cheers to her on that. Yeah, well, and you know that's the thing is you know we were talking before we got into the interview here about how you saw that she got in the face of Sammy Callahan right after he won the title. I mean, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you feel about the knockouts? The reason I bring out it is like, do you feel a need for the title? Is because how do you feel about maybe some of the women? Vine for the men's top title in Impact Wrestling. I like it because when I was in TNA, they let me, you know, like me and EY, when we got together, they let us go after, you know, the guys taking titles. And that was pretty cool that I got to be involved in that. As long as you can hold your own, um, I think, yeah, women, it, it makes it exciting. It's like, oh, boy, what what's going to happen here? Especially if she went into a steel cage. You yeah. know, that makes it even, you know, and... And uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think you're, I think it's good. You know, it kind of it gets the fans excited for something, you know, and it gets me excited to watch it too. Yeah, being a fan and a wrestler, you know. So I think it's uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a good thing. Well, on the It'll help out the women's division too, you know. Yeah, yeah, and on the flip side, how would you feel if like a man va- vied for the knockouts title, or do you think that that it doesn't go both ways like that? Well, well that that actually happened because when I was with Cody Deaner <laughs> back in the day. You know, he thought he won the women's title, and I was like, no, I won it. <laughs> and so he, when we had, that was one of my favorite matches, too, 
on pay-per-view, me and Diener fought for, that's when I actually first won the knockout title. Yeah. Or knocked up title, as I called it. <laughs> so, um, I kind of, I liked it, because that way, it was kind of cool, because he was such a good sport about everything, and it was just fun. He added so much excitement into the division, and that's what it's all about. You gotta add, as long as they can, like, be positive for, you know, the division and, you know, the guys in the girls division, it's, it's good entertainment. So I think, uh, and who knows, maybe I can reconnect with uh, Cody Diener when I get back. I was about to say, <laughs> he is around. You mentioned him. I was like, you know, he's very, yeah. he's very much back. The Diener's, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, uh, it could be a nice little reunion. Hope EY doesn't get jealous, but, uh. <laughs> I think he's doing fine. I think he's doing all right right now. Um, now, well, what do you think about the term knockout? Do you like that? Or, you know, I've heard you say it's a good time for women's wrestling. Would you prefer they be called women wrestlers, or do you like like the knockout title? Nope, I like the knockouts. I like them way better than the divas. But they're not even called divas anymore, really. So yeah. they're, I like, yeah, the knockouts is good, because that's, that's, I mean, we all started as knockouts, you know, and, well, even when TNA first started, but in 2007, the knockout division was made, and yeah, definitely just need to keep the knockouts as knockouts for sure. Okay, uh, and I wanted to ask you as well. You know, you've had some some great battles in the past with Gail Kim. She's working there right now, backstage as a producer uh, with Impact Wrestling. Looks like she's working a lot with the women right now. You know, what was your experience like working with Gail? How do you feel about her moving into this agent uh, type role? Oh, a perfect spot for her. I love Gail. We've had so. I mean, she's just one of the best in the rings, and. I always, she always made me step up my game when we work together, you know, because she's an all-around wrestler, and I was more just, you know, the brawler, the entertainer, and when I got in the ring, uh, she made me step up my game, <laughs> so it was, uh, I always knew I was going to have fun and a good match with her, and I think it's awesome now she can pass on her knowledge to the younger girls, and um, I think it's great, I'm so excited to see her in Madison Rain, and, um, you know, it'll be like, just like old times, and it's crazy that how long it's been, you know, you look back and we start the division in 07. I mean, that's freaking 12 years ago. I'm like, oh my God, I see all these pictures popping up here and there when me and Gail used to wrestle. I'm like, oh my God, that was so long ago. <laughs> We're the old timers now. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. you, you're, tra- I think, trailblazers, right? Isn't that a better word for it? I like that. Right. I like that. Yes. Yeah, like <laughs> you're trailblazers. Well, one of the other reasons I wanted to bring up Gail Kim here, obviously, she's got a famous celebrity chef husband. And Robert Irvine, have you ever talked? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're oh, in the yeah. barbecue business. I mean, is yeah. there, can we anticipate crossover yep. events? We, Yeah, we actually, uh, I'm going to have a, a little sit-down with Robert Irvine now that I have a little extra time, you know, before I start up my second food truck. And, um, yeah, we're going to be talking. And, uh, yeah, I always I always enjoy his company. Every time he was backstage, it was just a, a thrill to have him backstage. And just like, I've you know, I've been to like his parties and met all his Food Network friends and we you know was at their wedding and then was at his um, grand opening of his restaurant in Las Vegas at the Tropicana. So it's cool. I always you know um, make sure I get to see him when I can and yeah we're definitely gonna be um, me and him are gonna be sitting down and I would love yeah just love to pick his brain in the food industry because he's been there done that. Yeah, well, that's why I brought it up, you know. And is he like, is he a wrestling yeah. fan? Like, I don't know. I can't get a read on this guy. I get that he's like very handsome and wealthy <laughs> and famous. I can see, I can see why he would, you know, uh, get yeah. track. But is he a wrestling fan? Is he a wrestling person? I, well, shit, he's bigger than half the guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a big <laughs> dude. Probably, I would actually, I kind of want to see him in the ring. I think that'd be a blast. I, <laughs> I, 
I mean, that would be awesome if he challenged someone. <laughs> but he always looked like he was having fun, like, watch. I loved watching, you know, people that never been in the ring. So it was very cool. Like, yeah, he got he got into it. He was he loved being back there and watching it live. Man, that's awesome. Um, well, you know, it's a it's a big deal recently. Impact Wrestling they made the move to Access TV. I mean, with a big move like that, you know, how do you think that puts uh, Impact in the in the conversation as far as major national promotions go at the moment? Do you see them in the same conversation as WWE and AEW right now? Oh hell yeah! I'm glad that Impact. I keep calling it TNA, but it's Impact now. Like, I like it that they're you know making a comeback and they're getting out there even bigger now, and it's good because. There's some it's awesome to have all these wrestling promotions out there. It's more jobs for the for the boys and girls and it's especially with the fans too to watch it all and I think it's great, you know, because TNA TNA made a lot of stars and people need to realize that, you know. A lot of big names came out of TNA. Well Yeah, I I mean and I hope Yeah. Yeah, and they're gonna build even more because I like how they're they're using, you know, talent that hasn't been out there. And they're they're building more, you know. They're building Tessa, you know. It's like they're building a lot of names that you know will be big, and they're they're big stars right now in the business. You know, they're being talked about, so that's good. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and are you? You know, it is. A, it's a brand new kind of. It's a overly like a pretty new roster right now. Like you say, TNA's made so many big names. A lot, a lot of those names. Yeah. You know, they made that leap over to WWE. Of course, Eric Young, but I mean, like AJ Styles. Who'd have thought he'd have wound up in WWE yeah. at one point? Are you surprised? The WWE acquired so much of that, like kind of last golden era of TNA talent, and brought them on board. I mean, good for. I mean, it's it's all nice when you know it's it's bad when people leave, you know, a company that they started at. But then it's also too you got to look at it in their shoes too. It's like they want to be, you know, on the big stage, you know, and they want to do their thing. And every wrestler is different, you know, and. It's uh, I think it's cool that, that he got to a lot of those guys got to go over there, you know, EY, Bobby Root, Smoke Joe, AJ, and when they showed up, people know who they are. I mean, that's the best part, you know. Yeah. Being a homegrown, and they crossed over, and people know people know them, and it's like I was excited for all those guys. So that's you know that was the ultimate goal for all of them. So it's pretty cool that they all got to do that, and they're doing it. Yeah, uh, very. Yeah, it's very cool. You know, it's interesting. You brought up mm-hmm. AJ and Bobby Roode. It's like AJ Styles. You know, they really put him in a top spot. Bobby Roode. I don't. I don't get yeah. it. I don't know what they're doing with this guy right now. Very interesting. You know? Oh, he's such good. He's one of my favorites. He's such good talent. I mean, looks great. Can go in the ring. Great on the mic, and just like uh, he needs to be bigger than he is right now. I'm hoping he'll get a bigger opportunity. But with him and Ziggler, I think that's a good pairing. Yeah, I like um, those guys. Those guys are money. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, well, and you know, you as you as well, ODB here. You know, all these people have made the leap over there. I'm sure right now, like you say, you've got some more time. You're you're reassessing. You're definitely looking at maybe one more run. I mean, have you been talking to, to yeah. WWE at all about? I, I could definitely see a spot in, for you there. You know, <laughs> you know, I've never really reached out. Um, I've never. It was one of those things too. It's like I hated being backstage when I. When I first started, what, 20 years ago, you know, I'd go backstage into WWE or WWF, it was called. <laughs> I hated being backstage because you feel like a freaking loser, mm. you know, and damned if you do, damned if you don't. You don't shake someone's hand and all that bullshit. Like, it's just, oh, it was, I didn't like the feeling, you know, and um, after TNA, I didn't even bother, you know, I never reached out to him or nothing, and uh, 
Because I loved my teen experience was freaking awesome. Yeah. I loved it. I, I loved, I didn't even know it would work. I loved going there every week, hanging out. All the talent was awesome. We all got along there, you know, and it was just, it was fun. Like we, no one was better than one another, you know, like we all were in this together. You know, it doesn't matter what, you know, what part of the car you're on or whatever. It was cool. Cause I hate when, and I still see, you know, like when new people come in, you know, it's like, you know, we all were there one day, you know, <laughs> it's like greet people. Like it's scary walking backstage to a place you've never been to or, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I have, a lot of, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of social anxiety, and what you just described to me mm-hmm. is pretty much how I feel anytime I'm in large groups of people that I don't know, especially. I'm always very uncomfortable. Yeah. So, yeah exactly. I, I hate I, that feeling. <laughs> uh, it's the worst. I, everything goes to black, and I'm just like, everyone here hates you. You're doing everything yeah. wrong. <laughs> Everyone's looking at me. Uh... <laughs> yes, I've been there even recently. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, but you brought up 2007 earlier. That was an interesting year because, you know, that was, uh, I believe you had just left OVW, and I was wondering, you know, not now, but like 12 mm-hmm. years ago, before you ran off and, you know, started the revolution that was the Knockouts division, was there any talk of you joining WWE at that time? They never, um, no, they never liked me. <laughs> what? It was awesome, because o- OVW was great for me, and that's what made me develop and polish up ODB, the character, and Danny Davis and Al Snow gave me a huge opportunity, I still thank them till this day. And it's, um, they let me do my thing there and they were pushing for me and pushing for me, but they just never, you know, Johnny Ace just like, Oh, shit, not better diva division, blah, blah, you know, bullshit like that. And then, <laughs> it's, uh, I made out, you know, all the agents would always come down and watch, you know, watch it. And they're like, why is ODB the champ? Who is this girl? Like, why is she, you know, we're not paying her, we're paying these other girls. So there's a little controversy down there where I was in the contracted class. I was the champ. And the first ever OBW champ. And it was just like, it's, yeah, just amazing. I don't know how, like, I mean, I did get a little glimpse of the whole WWE, you know, being there, but never being paid by them. But, yeah. but my actual final thing was with them. It was um, Triple H and Shawn Michaels were there. It was right in, before I and made the jump to TNA. And I pulled, I was so nervous. <laughs> I pulled Triple H's side. And he watched my match. He's like, wow, he's like, you you know, big character. I like it. It's, you know, really good. And you really stuck out to us. And I said, well, I have an opportunity to, you know, be in a division, the knockout division at TNA. He's like, I would take that opportunity. So he told me to go. So I I thank him for that. But he's like, yeah, there's nothing here for you. You know, they're not uh, looking at you right now. And I'm like, all right, well, whatever. But the best decision of my life. I mean, TNA helped me build this ODB brand that I have now. And shit, I'm thankful, <laughs> you know? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and to think that him, he gave you the license to go and you built that division yeah, up, that's you. incredible. Thanks, Triple A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. I'm, yeah. sure that's, I'm sure that's the headline impact once right now. Thank you, Triple H. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, let's take that. <laughs> um, well, I want to wrap it up here. You know, I'm I'm super interested because the last time we talked about the meet and greet food truck, I know you said you're going to bring it back. We're going to have the meet and greet two, right? Because it's going to be all new. Yep. What are you yep. going to look to be doing differently with this truck than you did previously with the last one? Well, it's definitely going to be getting around more. Um, I am based out of Minneapolis with it, and I've been to, you know Wisconsin, Chicago, and and I've been at you know with the AEW 
I got to be there at StarCast. I'll be at StarCast every year with it from now on. Awesome. And I just want to I wanna travel with it more. I would love, love to put together a hooking up with ODB tour with the food truck, with the new one, and just go around for the band. Every single fan can, you know, enjoy it. Because I feel bad when, you know, like the East Coast is like, oh, we want some of that, you know. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to put together this. I want to put together a big tour. I think that's, uh, that's my main goal. Very cool. Uh, well, ODB, I yeah. want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today. Of course, yeah. it is this weekend in New York, the Melrose Ballroom. You, if you go buy a ticket, you're not only helping Impact Wrestling, you're also helping ODB get back up yeah. on the road. Um, anything else you yeah. want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up today? Yeah, I just want to thank everyone for the support. And you can go follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the ODD Bam. Um, I post a lot of stuff, so just uh, if you want to, yeah, see my journey and see the, the making of the ODB's meet and greet too, go follow me. And I'll see you guys in New York City this week. Yeah. 80s Wrestling Con Part 2 continues on right here in Freehold, New Jersey. I play America with the legendary. Everybody has a price. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Ted, this is a great day. Oh, it's, it's great. I mean, uh, you know, I grew up in wrestling, so wrestling is more than, uh, uh, it became more than a job. It was, it was my whole life. I mean, my mother and father were professional wrestlers. I mean, that's how they actually they met. Uh, and so I grew up in this industry, and you come to events like this where you have time. Now, I've done signings where there's so many people that are just like, I'm signing, 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 I just want to make sure everybody gets something. Right. But in, in an atmosphere like this where you have a little more time, you can hear the stories that the fans have to tell. Well, I mean, like, I don't know how many times I've heard stories about, well, I always watched wrestling with my grandfather or my dad, or this was what... My brothers, you know, that's what we all did when, when uh, you know, and I've also had to apologize for a lot of broken furniture over the years. But, it, you know, especially, if it, but, but like an 80s, I mean, that was my era. And the other thing is not just the fans, but I'm seeing guys here this weekend that I haven't seen in a long time. Paul Orndorff and I wrestled together in Mid-South Wrestling. I haven't seen Paul for years. The, the days you know, that I've seen him for a long time, so it's almost like a reunion as well. Yeah, it, obviously, your movie came out uh, really within the last couple of years now. Talk about the success and the message of that movie. Well, the price of fame was, uh, I, I wish, I mean, I've, I've told my story uh, all over the country in, in churches and what have you. I'm, I'm a minister, uh, but it was uh, Beat Fierro's idea to put it on film. And, and we did that. We had a Fathom event. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard stories ever since then. Uh, and I get, I get, sometimes I get messages online, what have you, about, gosh, I went, as a matter of fact, today, a guy came in, he says, my dad and I went to see your movie together, and it's the first time we ever went to a movie together. And they went to see that, so I was like, that just kind of blew me away. But, uh, you know, the impact of that was not just for the sake of telling my story, but the whole father-son relationship. You know, uh, we live in a country where, you know, uh, you know, 35% of our children are being raised without a father in the home. You know, and uh, so in my ministry, what I'm trying to do, especially in Mississippi where I live, is 
give back, open doors, uh, you know, help underprivileged, disadvantaged kids, and and help families, you know, uh, stay together. And Ted, uh, of course, legendary career, WWE Hall of Famer, so on and so forth, the Million Dollar Laugh. You had so many great memories, the Million Dollar Belt. We talked to Virgil today. Tell us about the time and the run that you had in the business and how that translates to today. I mean, there's only so many characters that are truly remembered, and you're one. Well, you know, a lot of times I think it's timing. You know, being being the right guy at the right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, Vince had an idea for a character. It was his idea, and I fit the bill because of the way I carried myself as a heel character. And, uh, uh, I mean, I hear it from fans all the time. This era of wrestling, the guys in the 80s and the early 90s, you know, I hear that from fans all the time. You were guys like, you know, not taking anything, they're trying to diminish anybody from today. But maybe that's just because that's the fans that come out to see us. Uh, but uh, it was special. I feel like my era is an era that, of guys that, that learned our trade the old school way. And we got in the ring and wrestled almost every night. And we didn't have very many days off. It was a, it was a hard life. Uh, but if we do that, uh, it's, it's an acquired skill. Uh, you know, the only thing I ever knew for certain when I got in the ring is exactly how it would end. We told the story. The match was the story. And so uh, uh, it was a very special time, and I just feel privileged that I was part of it. Yeah, and you look great, Ted. Obviously, keep it in great shape. Tell us about that. Uh, we talked about, you know, looking fantastic. Well, well thank you. Uh, but for a long time, I wasn't looking fantastic. You know, I, I've had both my knees replaced. I've had two surgeries on my neck. But when my knees got real bad, I, very, I got very lethargic, and I put on a lot of weight. I mean, I was up to like 350. And uh, it took a while for me to, you know, once my knees were replaced, uh, you know, it was you know, like it took a while for me to, you know, it sounded like somebody needs to kick me in the rear and say, hey, you know, you know what to do. Uh, but the, the, the incredible thing that worked for me was called intermittent fasting. I don't eat anything after seven o'clock. Uh, I eat two meals a day. I've cut back. I'm working out, and I feel better than I felt in a long time. We look great, Ted. And last quick thing right here at wrestling, 80s style is this: Where did the Million Dollar Man laugh originate? True story. I was doing interviews when we were doing individual interviews for every market, and uh, you know. I was doing the interview, and I just happened to end that particular interview, and I laughed like that. that that's an exaggeration, an exaggeration of the way I really laughed. Vince happened to be walking by, and he stuck his head in the door, and he goes, that's the million-dollar man, and I want to hear that laugh every time you cut an interview. And so I tell everybody, I said, a 19-year wrestling career, I said, I'm in three Hall of Fames, and what am I best most remembered for? Go there figure. it is, baby. Ted DiBiase, Hall of Famer. Thank you so much for taking the time for us right here at 80swrestlingcom.com.
Is it all right if I, I start with you? Yeah, man. Let's let's, let's uh, do it. You're prepared. Look at yeah, you. Yeah, I wanted to. Yeah. I didn't want to waste anybody's time. All right. Time, okay. You know? <laughs> it's, it looks yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, you look great. Uh, so, what kind of message do you feel it sends the pro wrestling industry that Anthem stepped up and took ownership of Impact's new? Uh, you know, it was interesting um, being a part of Impact before the Anthem era because, like, Anthem was our Canadian partner, right? And, and I would talk to a couple people, you know, a couple times a month from the Toronto office, just, you know, keeping in touch with our partners the way we did with anybody else, right? Um, and then when everything went down, right, uh, Billy Corgan and, and, and this battle for who was going to gain control of Impact Wrestling, um, there was a lawsuit um, in Nashville. And I went because I wanted to be there. I wanted to see, like, what was going to happen. It was Billy versus Dixie. And Bob Ryder and I, uh, we went to court. We watched the whole deal because like you would hear all these different things but I wanted to know like these people are on the record like they have to like find out what the real situation is right now so and people from Anthem were there um, so I met Ed Nordholm at, at, in that courthouse in Nashville um, I had no idea that what was going to happen um, but in any event to, to fast forward and to have them take over and then I mean they took over we went to Toronto we were in this boardroom together everybody kind of getting to know each other and where we are now is just uh, it's been a it's been a wild ride and, and uh, doubts along the way for sure but um, you know we're in a great spot now what, what kind of advantages do you feel Impact has now on Access TV advantages as it relates to uh, in, instead of being uh, on uh, your previous networks and like what is sure, Access um, for you guys you know, we've, we've had good partners over the years um, Pop was a good partner to us um Pursuit's been a great partner to us. Um, so it's, it's you know, when these things start and you sort of get with everyone and you meet everybody as, as we do and, and, you know, we have tremendous partners. Pluto's a great partner to us. So, um, but being here on Access and have the flagship show air every Tuesday night now is great. And I think we're going to see more programming and, and different kind of programming. And that's where I get to have fun in, in regards to um, sending concept shows um, to Scott and, hey, what if we do this? Or, or what if this looks like this? Or what if we get on the road and do this? So it's 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 different. It's unique. So following up on that, are you going to be changing any production elements? I think the the production elements will get. Um, we have a great production team in Nashville. Um, great group of guys there that that work super hard. That don't get the the credit that they deserve. But um, I think the we get more toys now, right? Like we get to play with more toys, which is always fun. So I think that having right being here and and, and it's funny studio shows have become the new like in vogue thing and uh, uh, Max knows this I mean I've been we've been doing studio shows for years right like bottom line and after all those WWE shows um, and now they've kind of come around where everybody wants to do a studio show um, we were here yesterday and I was like wow this is great I'm like I started doing studio shows when I was 19 so it's just uh, it's cool to see it come back around and, and to have something like this um, you know in Nashville we didn't have this um, you know so, so it's great to have these new toys it seems that Impact is the wrestling promotion that could. You know, there have been the ups and downs, the dark days, the, the brighter days, and now Impact again is on an upswing, which we're excited for. And being a part of Access TV is as thrilling as, as it is. Uh, what does it mean to Impact Wrestling and you as an individual to see the fan base still stick with the promotion after all this time? It's humbling. It's, it's certainly humbling. And, you know, I, 
I did wrestling back then. So, like I started in WWE, and I didn't really get the growing pains of, of trying to of trying to get there. Like it all kind of came easy. Um, looking back at it now, and you know, I took for granted walking into a Monday Night Raw and having seventeen thousand people there selling out every pay per view. It was one of those deals where it just happened. And now, I mean, every time we sell a ticket to a show, I get an email and I get excited when I get there. When I see an email from Eventbrite, like, I get excited to see that. And the day we launch, the second we launch, and to see da, 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 all those emails, like it, it just it's it's amazing. And you know, if I could talk to all of our fans, or when I walk out uh, at the Odeum in Chicago on the 20th, and we're sold out, and all the work that went into that, um, the sleepless nights, the wondering, are we doing this the right way? Are we doing enough? Are we spending the right money here? Um, to see all that sort of come to fruition is is great. And to those that stuck around, thank you. Um, to those that left, like, come back. And, and, you know, like, my wife and I, we watch a lot of uh, TV shows, right? But, like, when we find out that something got canceled, like, we'll stop watching, if, even if there's a 12-week run and they're two weeks in, like, because you know it's not going anywhere. So now I think people know that Impact's not going away. We're going to be on Access every Tuesday at 8 o'clock Eastern. And, you know, get invested in our characters because they're going to be around for a while. Well, there are three shows on, on Access TV now. You guys, New Japan, and then WOW. And several of your knockouts have wrestled for a while and are currently wrestling for a while. And then, you know, New Japan has its own market and AAA in and of itself is a working relationship with you. How much crossover can we expect between uh, New Japan and Impact, especially with the working relationship with AAA? I think it's too early to tell. Um, clearly, we're all on the same uh, network now. Uh, the last time I was here, last two weeks ago, Scott and I were here, and we went over to WOW and watched their production and sat in the truck and, and experienced that. Um, I happened to get there when Tessa was wrestling, so I was able to see her uh, her, her work against, I can't remember the girl. Um, but I think there will be. It's just a matter of figuring all that out, right? Like, it was a matter of figuring out where we were going to be, what time we were going to be, what the show looked like, the colors, um, the, the scheme, everything else. So I think now now it's time to kind of move on to what that next part looks like. But yes. Um, can we talk a little bit about Chicago and why Impact chose Chicago for his biggest show of the year? And then also uh, what it's been like working with the Chicago area indies for your All Glory show? Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, so the Bound for Glory is going to be amazing. Uh, we, we announced this morning that we're sold out. We're over capacity, quite frankly. Um, so we do need to look at adding seats and, and moving some sections around and things like that, um, which is great. It's a good problem to have. Um, so that, to me, is, is super exciting. The matches are going to be great. Uh, we, we put on better pay-per-views than any company in, in pro wrestling, and I think we proved that and then proved it and then proved it again um, in 2019, which is great. Uh, All Glory is um, another labor of love, something that I <laughs> didn't want to do, but uh, was convinced that we should. So uh, six wrestling promotions in Chicago, Zello Pro, Warrior Wrestling, OVW, uh, Pro Wrestling, uh, The Wrestling Revolver, uh, Galley Lucha Libre, and um, Black Label Pro are all going to come together for this one show in Chicago, 115 Bourbon. A band's going to play music. Uh, SRG's going to show their, their board game. Sammy Callahan's going to have a video game tournament, and it's all going to happen in five hours. Um, so that'll be fun. It'll be exciting to see everybody. It's like our fan fest, right? Um, a chance for everybody to get 
get, get together, have a good night, and have fun, uh, and just sort of kick things off in Chicago. Friday's in South Bend, um, so it's just a big weekend. Um, Notre Dame, thankfully, is, has a bye week that week, so people can come out and, and enjoy the show. Um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting weekend. Uh, Bound for Glory will end up being our highest grossing pay-per-view ever um, in, in this era, which is great. Um, most people in highest grossing, so you can't beat that. Thank you, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show. Thank you to ODB and Impact Wrestling. Go check out Impact in New York going down this weekend. Of course, uh, thank you to Andy Malnoski and Ted DiBiase. And uh, thank you again back to Impact Wrestling for the Josh Matthews interview with Brian Wool. Uh, we will be back next week with three brand-new episodes of The Winkley, a lot more great uh, interviews to roll out for you. And, of course, this weekend uh, I will be on site in Baltimore for parts of StarCast. I will be at all of Full Gear. I will be in the scrums of Full Gear. Uh, Daniel Yanofsky, he's going to be at the Impact tapings in New York. So we've got full coverage of everything going on in the world of pro wrestling this weekend. WrestlingInc.com, that's going to be your place to be. Follow us on our social channels. Uh, that's where a lot of that uh, coverage is going to go up first before it gets put up onto the site. Uh, and, of course, if you like this show, you like our review shows, head over to the Wrestling Inc. audio channel on iTunes. Nice five-star ratings, nice comments, always appreciated. And, Justin, before I throw to you, I just realized uh, when we were talking about our last news item there at the end of the run sheet, uh, the XFL start. My birthday this year is Super Bowl Sunday. Well, how about that? Oh, man, that's always so much fun because it's like the easiest theme for a cool birthday party. <laughs> Who doesn't want to show up and hang out and do, watch the Super Bowl anyway? And then also Nick Allen. How, how old are you going to be? I'll be 35 this year, Justin. Oh, the big 3-5. Look at you. 3-5. 35 next year, I guess, in 2020. So, uh not quite to the midlife crisis yet, because I'll be living to be uh, 190 years old. So, uh, but a good start, <laughs> a nice, a nice leap in the right direction. Uh, Justin, uh, what do you want to plug promote put over here to uh, wrap up the show today? Give me a follow, and my birthday is on uh, November 22nd. Easy for you to remember. One one two two. Oh, it's on the eve of takeover. It's on the eve 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 of takeover. It's also. Um, it's a very important day in history. It's the day that John F. Kennedy got shot. What? Uh, I believe it's also it's also yeah, 1963. Uh, it's also the, it's also linked as the day the Undertaker made his TV debut. Um, it, it, 11, November 22nd, very important day. Well, you think, of course, my birthday February 2nd. Wait, you're November, you're 11, you're one one two two, and then I'm two two. That's crazy. That's number stuff. Think about it for all of you numerologists out there. The only there, of course, my birthday February 2nd is Groundhog's Day. So this year it's going to be Super Bowl Sunday and Groundhog Day at the same time. And my birthday is the premise for the greatest Bill Murray movie of all time. If you haven't seen Groundhog Day, stop what you're doing. Actually finish the podcast here in a minute. Go watch Groundhog Day. Great film. Ned Ryerson. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, good times. All right. I am. Uh, I am. Uh, wait, did you do your plugging? Did you do promotions and stuff or no? What, what did you do? <laughs> yeah, Where I said follow. Follow me at Justin LaVar. My birth is November 26th. <laughs> just thinking about Groundhog Day. I'm going to watch Groundhog Day today. Uh, I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you all so much for joining us today. And uh, remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.